Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms at The Gratitude Chick, on Twitter, Gratitude underscore Chick, and on TikTok, Babes Who Manifest. Welcome to episode number four of Manifesting in the Bible. So today I was going back and forth on which scripture I should read. Um, it was between, it's, it's both of them are in the Old Testament. One is in Deuteronomy and one is in uh, probably my favorite book, which is Psalm. Psalm has, you know, quite a few scriptures so um, we'll probably read from Psalm a lot you know David was uh, a man after God's own heart so um, he wrote a lot and he was afflicted a lot and conflicted a lot so as a result he wrote a lot and um, we'll probably read a lot from David because to me David um you know, the things that he went through and the way that God blessed him is still prevalent, you know, for the times in which we live in today. So I am going to do, I'm going to read today um, what I call Old Faithful. And it is, I'm trying to find my Bible app on my phone. Uh, I have re oh, there it goes. I'm reading, I have my Bible open, but the the writing is so small. It just, Lord, where are my eyeballs? Um, what was I saying? Oh, um, this scripture is um, what I kind of think is like one of the first memory verses that you learn as a child. Literally one of the first. It is Psalm 23. And I think that sometimes we, we, we've memorized it and we've recited it so much that we don't see the greatness in Psalm 23. It is fascinating all of the ways that David describes who God is to his people. So I am going to read it and give my interpretation of how I see Psalm 23. Again, all of this is outside of the scripture that I read. All of it is my own interpretation of based on the life that I've led and the research that I've done on the Bible and on manifesting. No one has to agree. I would love a, a dialogue if you don't agree you know drop down in the comments and and let me know how you feel okay so psalm 23 and i am reading from the new king james version the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he makes me to lie down in green pastures he leads me beside the still waters he restores my soul he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, I'm sure as I read it, you guys repeated it with me. Because like I said, it's one of the first memory verses that you learn as a kid. And because you learn it so young that I think that as you get older, you don't respect it enough. <laughs> and and not saying it, it, you're disrespecting it. It's just that the what um, what the it says and you know its meaning may have gotten lost in all of these years. So the first verse says, "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." that right there encompasses the entire scripture because it's telling us I mean what is a shepherd a shepherd is the person who watches over the flock is the person that feeds the flock is the person that nourishes the flock is the person that cares for the flock and is the person that loves the flock and it, it prote- the person that protects the flock that is who the shepherd is and, and we are his sheep. So if what if David is saying the Lord is my shepherd, that right there lets you know who God is to us. The second one is I shall not want. And that means that there is nothing in on this earth that you cannot have. Nothing. Because you should not want for anything. Why? Because the Lord, the God, the creator of the universe is your shepherd so you should not be in lack you should not have to sit on your knees hours and hours in prayer begging because this tells us that the Lord is your shepherd you should you shall not want it already tells you that and this is why I say nowadays people don't know how to pray and even the Bible tells us to asking, what what does it say? Oh, I don't want to to paraphrase. It literally just went out of my brain, but it is basically saying that um, we ask amiss when we pray, and it is just simply because we're begging. Okay, and I'm gonna say something that I know it might give me some backlash, but I'm gonna say it anyway. One of the things that I I dislike that I hear a lot of Christians say is push, pray until something happens. Uh uh-uh. uh, uh uh, no ma'am. Mm. Why on earth would you continue to pray and ask for the same thing over and over and over and over and over again? Number one, as a mother or a father or an auntie, a grandparent, whatever, you know for yourself when these kids come and bother you for the same thing over and over and over again, you are ready to explode. So, and I'm not even trying to compare us to God because he is not like us. But if you, if this happens for you, when they continue to ask for the same things over and over and over again, why on earth do you think for a second 
you should do the same to God. I, I, it, it boggles my mind. Pray until something happens. My interpretation of that is that someone on their knees praying, I'm going to just use um, money for instance. Lord, send me $1,000 Monday. Lord, send me $1,000 Tuesday. Lord, send me $1,000 Wednesday. Lord, send me $1,000 Thursday. You're praying for four days for this $1,000 that has not shown up because every day that you pray, you are acknowledging that you are in lack. You are acknowledging that you don't believe that God is going to send you this $1,000. So that is why you continue to pray for the same thing over and over and over because you are experiencing the lack of it and you do not believe. So when people tell you to pray until something happens, pish posh. The only way you pray until something happens is if you pray for that one thing the, 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 the very first day and then the remaining days you are sitting in gratitude for everything in your life. Gratitude is a prayer. You are expressing thankfulness to God. Go back and listen to episode one as I broke down Psalms 100. You are sitting in thankfulness to God. That is a prayer. So yes, in that regard, when you're sitting in thankfulness to God, absolutely pray, continue to pray. But begging God for the same thing over and over and over again, how on earth do you think that would ever please him? Because you're acknowledging the lack and you're also acknowledging your unbelief. So if you let me know what you thought about <laughs> my opinion on that, because so many people say this, you know, push, push, pray until something happens that I'm, I'm certain people won't agree. Verse two. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. What are green pastures to you? When I think of green pastures, I think of land that is tilled, land that is watered, land that is cultivated, land that is, you know, grass that is cut and, and farmed and beautiful, meaning money. Someone with money is caring for these gra- this grass and caring for this land. And when it says he makes you to lie down in green pastures, to me, it means he's, he's telling you, go ahead and lay down in the midst of all this wealth. That's, that's, that's my interpretation. When you think of what green pastures are to farm people of the day or even back in the day, this is what they did. They tilled the land. So if that is what it's saying, the Bible is saying, he makes me to lay, lie down in green pastures, I interpret that as wealth. That's just me. He leads me beside the still waters. Now, that, I don't, I, I, I can't say that that has anything to do with wealth. But when I think of still waters, I think of slow moving waves, calmness, serenity, peace, as opposed to leading you in strife, 
you know, in drama. So as you go through life, it's basically telling telling me that he's got this wealth for me and he he leads me through prosperity and peace and love and joy. That's 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 my interpretation of it. Um, verse number three, he restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. So in all of this, him restoring my soul, to me it means when I am down and I am trying to get myself back to a place of love and peace and, and calmness in my life, I am looking to God to do that. And as he leads me beside these still, these still waters, it is restoring my soul because it's giving me peace. It's giving me joy. It's giving me happiness. It is giving me love and protection. That is what it's doing. And when it says he leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake, the path that he's leading me down, that's giving me all of this peace and joy for his namesake so that I can turn around and say, thank you, Lord. And all of my gratitude can be attached to him as I sit in grateful praise for all of the blessings that he is bestowing into my life right now. All of the prosperity, all of the abundance, all of the peace, all of the joy, all of the love. And as a result, I am going to sit in gratitude for his namesake. Yes, Lord. Um, Verse number four, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Sorry, although I'm reading on my phone and I have my glasses on, I got this green on, this color and it's blurring or something. Anyway, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. This to me is mimicking what we are walking through right now with this COVID. I just found out today that a guy I went to high school with, they were twins. One of them died from COVID today. His mother died and then he died a few hours later. And now my other friend is still alive. His mom is gone and so is his identical twin brother. So when this says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It is a hard one for people like him who's just lost some two people in his life. So for me, in in this instance, I it's hard for me to interpret it for other people. I can only interpret it for myself. I don't know how he would interpret this scripture for himself having lost two dear people to him. But for me, with this going on and this saying, I will fear no evil, I don't fear any anything that will happen to me as a result of COVID. I am doing everything that I can every day to keep me and my family safe. And I also pray, 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 pray. And I know that God is with me. So it it's a hard one when you're when there is a pandemic and so many people are dying. Um, I have no further interpretation 
for this just simply because of everything that we as a as a I was going to say a nation but as an entire world is going through right now with COVID um I wish I could give more for that scripture and I could if it wasn't for COVID um I don't know why this has been allowed and I would never deign to speak for God so I am going to say I'm going to move on your rod and your staff they comfort me a rod is um, what I would interpret as a um, as basically something to keep you in line when the sheep are going outside of um, I, I don't know the correct terminology so bear with me when the sheep are going outside of the bunches that they're in, the rod is to wrangle them back in, right? And the staff is to, I, when I think of a staff, I think of Moses and his staff and how he used it to part the, the Red Sea. So that is what I think of when it says the rod and, the sta- and your staff that come for me. One is to get me in line and the other one is to bless me. That's how I see it. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And and (laughs) what this means to me is, and I'm sure we all can look back on how, even and and I'll take it when you're working in corporate America and you are advancing fast up the ladder and you have your former co-workers who you used to kiki with are now whispering and backbiting behind your back and doing everything they can to try to get you fired. And, oof, child, I could tell you some stories. This is what it means. Because no matter what anybody else says around you, you are blessed in the middle of that storm. What is meant for you will be for you. And there's nothing anybody can do to take you off of that course and to to open a door that God has closed and to close the door God has opened. No one can do that. So when it says you, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, that is my interpretation of it. No matter what people are doing around you, you are blessed in the midst of it all. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. You anoint my head with oil. To me, it it just simply means that you are giving me your power and your blessing. That's what that means to me, to be anointed by God. You're giving me your power and your blessing to create my life. My cup runs over. And another one, that is abundance. That is prosperity. When your, your cup just overflows and overflows and overflows, that is a metaphor for abundance and prosperity. So I, I want my cup to always overflow. And this is a promise that not only will he give you power, he will also give you abundance and prosperity. And then the verse, uh, what is this? Verse 6, the last verse. Surely get that that word surely surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the day the days of my life I don't know about you but if God were like man he would have offered me a long time ago because I exacerbate him I know this 
And for him to to promise me that goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. The Bible says that mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. That is a blessing unto itself to know that goodness and mercy will follow you every day that you wake in your life. Hallelujah. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And to me, that just means that I will dwell in his safety, and his protection, and his love forever. He has me in his hand. He is going to do right by me. I don't have to want for anything. I don't have to feel neglected and, 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 and just left out in the cold. Psalms 23 is a gem. It is a gem. And if the push people would ever stop pushing so hard and and begging God and realize that the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want. You would never, ever, ever think that you had to sit and beg for anything. And I re- that is one of the things that I really want Christians to get out of this. Stop the begging God. Stop asking for the same thing over and over and over and over and over. The Bible says he has already given us the power to get wealth. Not given us. He gives us with an S, present tense. Meaning every day that I wake up, I have power to get wealth. Every day. Healing. He has already given us the power to heal. Our bodies have been made as self-healing. He says by his stripes, we are healed. So we are already healed. So there is nothing, everything that we want in life already exists. It already exists. Because energy is neither created nor destroyed. So, and we're all energy. Everything on earth is energy. So everything that we want is already here. The reason that you don't have it is because you don't believe it. Once you start believing it, you will have it. And even Mark 11 tells tells you that. And let, let, let me just pull up Mark 11 so that you will understand why I also love this scripture so much. Mark 11, 22 to 24. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. The biggest piece is you have to believe. You can't just read these scriptures and say, oh, you know, he was just, you know, saying a parable. And it may have been a parable, but it was a parable about real life, about real things, about something that you can do right now. 
to fix whatever it is that you are trying to call into your life. So I know I have been rambling on for quite some time. And if you guys have listened to me before, you know that I can ramble. So I am going to end this here. I hope that you have gotten something out of this. Please drop down in the comments and let me know what you think. If you disagree, if you agree, let's talk about it. Let's have a dialogue. I'm always open to learning. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to add gratitude as a part of your daily life. I promise you, your life will change once you add the daily practice of gratitude. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, a.k.a. The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to follow us on our new YouTube page at The Gratitude Chick. Make sure to click in our description box for a good deal on starting your own dropshipping business with Shopify. Shopify.